This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So now Posey ranges There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys Podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. Episode 51 of the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Shasky, 51, that uh, that felt like the amount of losses the Giants were on pace for by the end of May before uh, picking up a win against the Marlins in Miami yesterday. It has been tough sledding these last couple weeks to start the season. No, it's more Noah Lowry's number, 51. Like, that's where we're going with this right now. The old that's, left. That's a more positive one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, other 51s, uh, a couple weird 51s actually in Giants history. Remember on opening day, we were walking around the ballpark and we saw Luis Gonzalez's That's 51 right. jersey at the club level. It's like, why are we honoring Luis Gonzalez of all players? Of course, he was the 1,000th uh, player to ever suit up in Giants history. Uh, I think the weirdest 51 will always be Randy Johnson. That was one yeah. where I liked Randy Johnson on the, on the Giants. It was a lot of fun. It was cool to see him you know, go from enemy to, to ally. But at the same time, it was still a little weird. You never really got too uh, too comfortable with that one. Something that we're not really getting comfortable with right now is uh, the Giants' 6-11 start to the season, though. Uh, they just went through uh, Detroit and Miami, two teams that aren't very good right now. And the Giants looked uh, kind of worse <laughs> than uh, than two teams that have lost, you know, over 95 games in the last uh, in the last season. Uh, Shasky, it feels like the Giants, they're, they're really testing us early, and it's, it's very hard to not jump to conclusions about what this team looks like right now. Yeah, it feels like right now they look like a team that has occasional long ball hitting, lots of strikeouts, uh, have a tough time with situational hitting, and the pitching is spotty at best. The bullpen looks very young or, if not young, incomplete with a lot of unproven or erratic arms. And right now, there's really, I mean, Alex Cobb has been maybe their best starter, I, I think. Discofani, too. Discofani, too. You know what? You're right. Discofani yeah. as well. But that's not saying a whole lot, you know? Yeah. And it just feels like too many times they have injury concerns or they've got a guy who can barely get through the fourth inning. And it's really taxing this bullpen early on. And you're seeing, that like, whether it's Brebia, the Rogers brothers, Doval inconsistencies moments flashes from all of them and then just the defense the combination of not being able to throw strikes giving up situational spots uh big hits it's it's not good right now i mean it's early but it's not good yeah i want to let's let's take a look at the bullpen really quick just because like that it felt like coming into the season the expectation was there if there's one thing we don't really need to worry about it is the bullpen and the giants have done pretty well in the bullpen the last couple of years this year, though, it's just like you said, Brebia has kind of been a little bit bumpy out the gate. I do think he's better off in the sixth or seventh inning, which is interesting because most of his appearances have come in the eighth inning, yet we never really think of him as an eighth inning guy. 
but I do like him more there. But the big issues in the bullpen that, that just to start off, it, it's it's Taylor Rogers. I feel like is the most alarming one because that was when the Giants gave him a three-year deal. They invested a lot of money into him to kind of help be a tag team setup role with his brother Tyler. The early returns, it's it's really bad right now, and you got to wonder is just if he's dealing with confidence issues right now uh, in the early going. Well, he's a guy that I I can already point to and say. He doesn't love the pitch clock. Um, he looks like somebody who's been really frazzled by the pitch clock, and then it's a compounding problem for him. Not only is he getting a ball, then he can't throw a strike, right? Because obviously mm-hmm. the penalty for a pitch clock violation is a ball. I, I, seeing him throw the glove in the garbage can the other day, I mean, I've never seen that. I've never seen that no. from a big leader, <laughs> at least. Uh, that, that was alarming. Clearly it's gotten to him. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, he was a good reliever at one point. I yeah. don't know if you can make that case right now. Is it a funk? Is it something that they should be really, really worried about? I don't know, but I'm willing to give him more opportunities because they have no other alternatives. No, and really, when I mean, you look at kind of the the the, the 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 composition of the bullpen right now, it doesn't feel like you have a whole lot of trustworthy options. And again, I, I agree with you. I do believe Taylor Rogers does deserve a little bit more benefit of the doubt. I mean, this is a guy who saved 34 or 32 games, something like that last year. He has a track record. The Giants do have a coaching staff that does know how to get you know, better performances out of their pitchers. But, you know, I, I, like watching the game yesterday, it's like it feels like after Sean Alexander and Tyler Rogers come into the game, you don't really have – any better options really to trust out of this bullpen right now. I mean, Brebbia, he's good. You don't want to overuse him though. Uh, Jacob Junis did not pitch yesterday after coming in in relief on uh, Tuesday uh, when Alex Wood went down, we could talk about the Alex Wood injury in a little mm. bit too, but then you got guys, you know, in, in the ninth, in the, in the, sorry, in the 11th inning, you're trying to defend a, a four run lead here and try and lock things down. And you got Sean Jelly coming in, and I'm thinking, come on, is there really no one better than, than Sean Jelly who no. could come in right now? I look at the Giants box score, and no, they don't have anybody don't. who's better that could come in right now. No, and I think that the biggest frustration is, you know, they haven't developed any young arms through their own system. Like, Sean Jelly's one, but, like, you know, like Sean Jelly, not really inspiring right now. And then through free agency, through lots of trades, they've had decent relievers over the last couple of years. Right now, it who's a reliable arm right now coming out of that bullpen? Probably, who's I think I trust. I think it's Sean Alexander right now. I think uh, Sean agreed. Alexander is. You know what? I think right. Sean Alexander is, is right. the guy in the bullpen who, like, when he comes in right, right. now, it's like, all right, we're we're feeling good right yeah. now. Uh, after that, I mean, I, you know me, I'm a big Tyler Rogers fan. I believe in Tyler Rogers. He's great until he's not, he's, uh, he's almost in that same vein as, as Sergio Romo once upon a time, Romo, he was awesome. He's going to get guys out, but you know, that hanging slider is coming. Yeah. You, you know, it's going to happen and you just, you have to deal with it and hope that well. he mitigates it. The Sean jelly experiment. I had such high hopes for that. I mean, he's just the build, a 6'11 pitcher. You got to figure, like, you have just physical raw tools to really just be able to sling it in there. It's just not happening at this no. point. It, it's, it, you think he has the tools, the Giants, they're just they're not figuring out a way to get him you know, to put it together right now. And it, I feel like you have to kind of pull the plug there. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me a lot of Jeff Samarja. Just the wind mm-hmm. up, the way that his ball finds the bat. You would look at him and think that the makeup, like he would be better pitcher given the repertoire, given the pitches that he can throw, but it doesn't translate right now. And I don't know, man, they've had so many different catchers behind the dish, which I believe is it's not the all, the end all be all, but it's part 
of the equation that we're in right now. And then they've got a lot of guys like, you know, who are, for example, Alexander. Do you really want him pitching to, 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 to righties right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, tough. No, they, uh, they call him jelly, but he always seems to get the Giants into a jam. Um, <laughs> let's uh, talk about another issue that's kind of hurting the Giants right now, and that is the injuries. They are really piling up early right now. Uh, Mitch Hanniger is out right now. Austin Slater, who, you know, the lefty masher, he's, he's a big part of what the Giants try to do this year. He's not available. You don't have Jock Peterson. Michael Conforto is at least getting back into the lineup. And then, of course, they lost Alex Wood on Tuesday. And uh, they, those were gut punches. You know, the, the, I think Gabe Kapler said after the game on Tuesday, when Wood went down, it was a gut punch. And these injuries are, are mounting early. And it's really impacting the Giants' ability to execute their strategy. We had Dave Fleming on yesterday, Shasky, and he said something kind of interesting. I want to play it here about just what the injuries have truly done to the Giants in the situation that these injuries have put this team in. I've had so many managers tell me, the Giants are really hard to manage again. But the Giants present so many problems because of the way they can use their full roster and mix and match. Right now, the Giants are easy to manage again. They are. You're not worried about pinch hitters coming off the bench. They're pocket to the lineup where there's an easy maneuver for the opposing manager. Here's the guy I want against that. It's, it's just so much easier right now than it usually is. And that stinks. And they can't feel sorry for themselves. Nobody's feeling sorry for them. You know, they pride themselves on their matchups and really kind of putting guys in the best situation to succeed and make things complicated for the other team. You know, we used to always joke about the line changes in 2021 where, you know, the entire bench would come in. And it was fun to joke about it then because it worked. The Giants can't do their line changes. They can't execute their strategy how they want. And you're seeing it out there. They're, they're seeing it because they're struggling against teams like the Tigers and the Marlins. They're having situations where they have to have lefties hit against lefties late in the game. They just they're not able to do what they want to do. Yeah, there's a variety of adjustments that they're going to have to make organizationally when it comes to how they're assembling teams, which we've kind of intimated at for many, many years. Um, and, and they got a lot of just flawed players that are very niche, very platoony mm-hmm. to your point. And I think what happens is, is depending on the circumstance and injuries, because they've got a lot of injuries right now, you got guys that are miscast into situations where they wouldn't normally be. Like, for example, Sean Mania. I, I think they wanted Sean Mania to be maybe a part of the, the bullpen and not the starting rotation, but Ross Stripling was so bad so early on. Now Ross Stripling's in the bullpen and Manaya's into the rotation. Well, they thought Alex Wood was going to be good in the, in the rotation. Uh, Alex Wood's hurt. So instead of having Jacob Junis, who's a nice bridge, now Jacob Junis is into the rotation. And you can see how this is kind of a domino effect here. I look at the Mitch Hanniger injury uh, in terms of the everyday uh, lineup, and I feel like it's really hurt their, their clutch hitting um, obviously in certain situations and it's forced their hand uh, and, and they're trying to find pop anywhere they can get it. And so that's why you're seeing a JD Davis roll out there at third base, even though defensively, maybe not the greatest, but the bat is much needed right now. So yeah. injuries and then niche players playing way more than they should. It, I'm not surprised why they're where they're at. And I think on the one hand, you could say, well, you know, injuries are a part of the game and it's just tough luck. And the Giants have to work through that. And normally you could say that in a way that's like, well, OK, then fine. when they get healthy, then we'll see where things are at. Here's the problem that I have with that argument is that the Giants made their bed with guys with injury histories. Mitch yeah. Hanniger, a very checkered career full of injuries. Not all those injuries were his fault. 
But this is a guy who does have recurring health issues. Michael Conforto has been out of the baseball for the last couple of years as he deals with shoulder injuries. Uh, Jock Peterson, for the most part, I mean, mix and match health here and there. But throughout this whole roster, you got guys who have dealt with health issues. And then you're shocked when those health issues rear their ugly head Mm -hmm. and impact team performance. All of this in the backdrop of the whole Carlos Correa deal that was scuttled because of health concerns over his ankle. And again, I know those are not the, uh, it's not the same, you know, like committing to Mitch Hanniger isn't the same as the commitment they would have given to Carlos Correa, whether it was for 13 years or for six. But that's when you have to explain that to fans, that's not going to really track well. You know, what fans see is guys are hurt. This guy could have helped us out, but you didn't want to sign him because he might get hurt, you know? Yeah, no, I I hear you. And it's just, it's unfortunate. I mean, it really is. But look, I think we're dwelling on all the negativity and I understand why we will would. There are some positive stories on this team. Estrada has had a hell of a beginning of the season. Um, Even though VR is struggling at the plate, at least we're seeing him. At least he's in the lineup just about every day. Joey Bart, average doesn't look too bad. You know, he's he's even got an extra base hit now. You Uh, you bring up, you bring up Tyro Estrada. I'm glad you did because I did want to get into some positives here. Uh, You know, when Fleming was on the other day, he had some glowing reviews to say about Tyro Estrada. I mean, he would be the next guy on the list if you're thinking about, okay, Logan Webb is locked up. This team has a severe lack of young, projectable talent that's at the major league level right now. I mean, that's really, really hurting this team right now. Tyro's next in line for the guy you can say, okay, look ahead, not just this year, but the next five years, who can be a big part of this franchise? I think Tyro's next on that list uh, because of all the things you talked about. He's going to play shortstop today. Who knows? Maybe he's going to be playing more shortstop as we move ahead in this season. We'll see how he handles that. I, I think, Estrada. Sam, yeah, I think Tyro Estrada is a really, really good ball player. We ripped the, the Giants. Oh, they platoon, and, you know, they got all these guys that are strikeout home run guy. Here's a guy that puts the ball in play and sprays it all across the field. Great speed, mm-hmm. uh, pretty good base, rule, uh, base running instincts. Defensively, yes, he's, he's not the most elite defensively. But he's getting better, though. In that he got department. a lot better. He's yeah. got a lot better. And in terms of a table setter, he's much more of a traditional uh, leadoff number – number two hitter than someone like Lamont Wade, who Lamont Wade, tons of, of walks, great OBP. He can't hit, though. No, like he can't yeah. hit right now, and I don't think that his running is as good as Estrada's. Estrada's been outstanding right now, and if I was looking at one early positive sign, to me, this looks like a multi-year option in the middle of the infield. I agree. No, it would be great just to finally get some sort of consistency in that middle infield too, especially with, you know, Brandon Crawford, you know, aging just rapidly before our eyes. The emergence of Tyro Estrada is a huge plus this year. People have high hopes for him. They, again, I think I said it before, people expect kind of 2020 seasons out of him, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. And yeah, it's, there's a lot of negative early on here in this giant season. I still think there's a lot of positives though. You have to really look kind of under the hood to see them. I'm I'm refraining still from drawing any major conclusions about this team. It, I need, at least need to see them healthy. I want to wait until maybe mid to late April before I really say, okay, this is who the the 2023 Giants are. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I, I'm kind of with you on that one. And look, it's been a tough start to the beginning of the season. Logan Webb is, you know, he's searching right now. He's wandering the desert. I think if he can get himself right, I think the rest of the team will kind of fall into order. Yeah. 
You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky coming at you every week with the best Giants content out there. Make sure you're uh, rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing. Tell everybody about this podcast as we want to have you on board with every episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Shasky, we're talking about kind of positives and kind of maybe the Giants can turn things around here. And so I feel let's go in the complete opposite direction of what we were just talking about. And that is, you know, maybe it's time the Giants maybe need to adjust their message a bit. Maybe they need to adjust the overall strategy a little bit. And by that, I mean, at what point? Should the Giants just say, you know what, let's punt on competing. Let's just go full send on a youth movement, you know, trade everything that isn't, you know, already bolted down. And then let's let's just bring up the farm and see what happens. Is there a moment you think this season where we the Giants might just look themselves in the mirror and, and say exactly that to themselves? Well, I think an argument can be made that they would do it now, but I think there's also another side of that coin where you'd say, you got to be realistic here. You got to play a couple of months. I mean, at least get me to June. Can I get to Memorial Day? Yeah. Uh, but I do want them to be on the open market selling all these pieces, whatever pieces that they can get rid of, uh, and be one of the first to set the market. Don't wait. Don't wait till the end. Nobody nobody yeah. wants your, your used tires, all right? Uh, Casey Schmidt, I've been tracking what he's been doing in AAA. I don't think he's ready yet. Like the bat hasn't come along, but that doesn't mean I don't want to see him at the big league level. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, this whole argument on, Oh, the triple a is a hitters league. He's got to get X amount of at bats, man. Have you watched this big league club? Like, come on. (laughs) They just need a jolt right now. They, they really do. We're seeing a little bit of Elliot Ramos. He's not, I don't think he's the greatest. I'm not even sure he's a big leaguer, but at least we're seeing him. At least I'm getting an opportunity to make a, a conclusion one way or the other. And, to that point, I appreciate it. All of these 33, 34, 35-year-olds, like Darren Ruff, they, they reacquired Darren Ruff. What's that doing for them? It, they acquired Matt Beatty. He's back down in AAA. They brought him up and down like five times already. What's that doing for them? Other yeah. than clogging up uh, a, a potential opportunity for someone else. Like, exactly. I would, I'm already here. Yeah, I would I would rather you know kind of see what we have out of a Heliot Ramos yes. than wasting time with a Matt Beatty. Or, you know, like, let's – Let's see what Casey Schmidt can do against left-handed hitters. I don't need to see Darren Ruff again. Like I don't need to watch this episode again. Yeah. It's just it does nothing for me, and it's it's frustrating for the fans. And I think when you kind of, I think there, there, it's almost like a double-edged sword in a sense, maybe where because again, in order to to bring some of these guys up, you do need to get rid of some guys. And I think mm-hmm. there's six, you know, seven or eight of the top highest-paid uh, players on this team can leave after this season. Uh, most notably guys like Michael Conforto and Jock Peterson. Uh, I believe Sean Mania is one of those guys as well. You know, these are guys who, if they do well, they're not going to help you next year. But if they do do well, it might mean that the Giants are doing well. So maybe they kind of are, are inclined to roll with those guys a little bit. Like there's there's almost like a, a very fine middle point that Giants need to hit where they need certain guys to play well enough to 
get some sort of trade value, mm-hmm. but not so well that they compel the Giants to be like, well, hey, I think we might be in this thing. Let's. I'm not going to say they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline or anything like that because I don't think the Giants can really afford to be buyers right now. But if the Giants, if another trade deadline goes by and it's just like, eh, we didn't want to make a deal, I, I don't, I, I'm not on board with that isn't plan. That, isn't it also more of an indication of how far they've sunken in terms of the roster's not that desirable? Like it's no. just not. I mean, it's just not like right now. Who's the who's the guy that people are tripping over themselves to have at the deadline? I, think, I mean, right now, nobody. We're if, already at guys who, if I if I look at guys who maybe could develop into that. I think Michael Conforto right now, if I had to pick a guy on this roster. But he's got multiple years. Oh, Conforto's not the free agent. Excuse me. Yeah, he's, 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 he's got an option for next Conforto year. Conforto is nice. Yeah, so I think Conforto is a guy who, if he can kind of keep going on this trajectory that he started off here, yeah. okay, I'll maybe he that. has some trade value. Uh, Jock Peterson, if he can have you know a, a similar year like he had the first two months of last okay. year and not bottom out uh, in you know starting in May for you know unknown reasons. Um he could be a guy who the Giants could maybe move the deadline. If they can get Shamanaya to have some good starts in June and July, maybe Damn. you get something for him. Yeah, uh, we're, grasping. Just, we're grasping. We're grasping. We are. It does feel like we are grasping at this point. But the point <sighs> is, is it's so much. I don't really care so much what the return for these guys is. The point is, I just want to get them off the roster because yeah. then that forces the Giants to call guys up from the minor leagues. You know, well, I'm with you there. Let's get Grant McCray up here. Let's get Von Brown so, up here. Let's see what they can do. Uh, it, well, it almost feels like when they acquired Blake Sable uh, with the Rule 5 thing, because of the way the rules are, if you do not play him for the whole year at the Major League level, he goes back to his original team. And it's forced their hand to at least see if he's any good. And I'm intrigued. I, I don't even know if he's good or not. I know he's not great defensively, but he can hit a little. you yeah, know. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting a good look at him. I almost feel like I wish all of their young players were out of options so I could, at minimum, get an opportunity to see them. They live for the option. They live for it. Like, mm-hmm. Matt Beatty was acquired and immediately optioned. Twice. And it's just... He's 30. Yeah, and the nickel and diming of the roster every day is just not appealing. And, and to say what you said, you're like, I wish these guys didn't have options so we have to see them. The thing about Blake Sable <laughs> is, if he does hit well this year... He has to come back next year. I know. You know like guys like Michael Conforto, Jock Peterson, if they hit well, they're not going to be back next year. No, no, you know? no. But that's the guy who is like, let's see guys who, if they do play well in exactly. 2023 for the Giants, that means they're also going to play well for the 2024 mm-hmm. and the 2025 Giants. That's what I would like to see out of, you know, young guys like that. Um, another reason why I think, you know, a um, youth movement might be better off for the Giants is – I think it might be better for Kapler and Farhan. They're under a lot of heat right now. Mm. They say all the right things, I think, in the offseason. You know, we want to compete. The expectation is the playoffs. And I agree. The expectation is the playoffs. The expectation is competing. But your roster says the exact opposite of that. Your roster says we're just trying to get through the day and whatever happens, happens. And when, you know, the, the words are saying one thing and the actions are saying something completely different, that's where you get a situation where fans are saying, well, I don't like what we're seeing out of Giants baseball. These guys need to go. I feel that if Farhan and Kaplan just come out and say, you know what? We need to play our younger players. We want to see what they have here. And there's probably going to be some losses and growing pains that come with that. I think Giants fans are, are smart enough to say, well, you I know agree. what? We'll, we'll, we'll roll with that because, you know, you're being honest about what we're seeing right now. And I think that would whatever the hot seat is on Gabe Kaplan and, 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 and Farhan Zaidi is right now, that admission 
I think would take a lot of the heat off of that. Well, let's look at someone like David VR. He's struggling right now. Like he just is like, there's no other way around it. Is anybody losing their mind because he's struggling? No, no. And if anything, like he's one of the lone bright spots and he hasn't had a lot of contributions in the last week. Like he really hasn't. And yet most people are like, good. I want to see him in the lineup every single day. Right. So exactly. th this thing that like Giants fans won't show up if your team isn't 100% competitive at all times. Like I just don't subscribe to that. No. And I mean, I, you want to see them win. Like for me, the idea of like a bottoming out or getting a 100 loss season is, is sounds horrific to me. The yes. Giants have only lost a hundred games once in their Isn't history. Isn't that horrific? I mean, there's a part of me that's like, they've only had one 100 loss season. I don't want to see another one, okay. but it's, it's I don't think this team would be that bad. Yeah, but like, once you're bad, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. to me, like, once you're bad, like, who cares? Like, does anyone remember what the Astros did before they ended up going to the playoffs? Not really. Mm -hmm. Not really. No, it, I, and I'm not saying that that's what it would be. I'm not saying the Giants yeah. were going to, you know, tank for the next three, four years because yeah. – and first off, I'm when it comes to, to losing like that, you don't do it for a draft pick. It's no, not about the draft lottery. No, I just want to see young guys yeah. develop at the big league level. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the baseball draft is such a crapshoot. You don't Absolutely. need to shoot for that. Let's just see what these guys can do, see what these guys can bring to the table. Show us a direction. You know, mm -hmm. after the big thing, you know, it's what is the direction of the Giants? And I think the Giants could really show that with a simple admission, a simple bit of you know, honesty and looking in the mirror and being like, where are we right now? Like fans will accept that if fans will, fans will accept a little bit of losing now, if it means a chance to get more winning later, like basically it comes at the end of the day. Would you rather watch this team currently constructed stumble to 83 wins and maybe a playoff appearance? Or would you just be like, you know what? Call up the farm. We're going to lose 95 games. Exactly. But we're going to see what guys do. You know, that that's the choice here. And yeah. between those two, I mean, it's just you, you sometimes you have to take the step backwards in order to take the two steps forward. I'm, and I'm it seems you. like the Giants are very reluctant to do that. I, absolutely, they are. And to me, that's their own hubris and them not understanding their own fan base. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I think the fan base is willing to be patient, especially given the news that the A's are moving out of the market. There's no other choice. Yeah, and we can talk about that in a minute. I do want to say, though, you are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe Shasky. We come at you uh, every week, once or twice a week, depending on the schedule. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share, and do not miss an episode. All right, so Shasky, I want to bring about a new segment idea here on the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast that I like to call short hops. Basically, sometimes it's just – there's sometimes a lot going on. Sometimes there's not a lot going on, but sometimes there's just a lot of small things that okay. are going on like this week. I think there's a lot of small topics that we can really jump into here. Just kind of rat a tat them really quick. And so the first one I want to get into just really quick, Camille Duvall. That's the guy who we're going to be watching all year long. Um, had a rough outing in Detroit over the weekend. And then you didn't see him again until yesterday. Is this, does a conversation need to be had about Duvall's status as the Giants closer? They don't have a better option. You know what I mean? Like, and, and this is part of the young maturation process of a, of a reliever. And I've talked about this at length, you know, Brian Wilson, Mariano Rivera. I mean, these are the high end guys. Papelbon. None of those guys had success as closers, full-time closers, 40 save seasons until they were 27, 28 years old. Trevor Hoffman, one of the greatest closers of all time. Now, would I like him to be farther along? Of course. Of course, but I think all of this scar tissue is actually going to end up being a good thing. The reality is this. It's very simple for me. He has to find this year or else he's 
He's in big trouble. He has to find faith in his fastball. Everything must work off the fastball until he can gain trust, command, and confidence in that. I think everything else is going to be erratic at best. Yeah, I agree there. Um, Moving on, uh, let's talk about Joey Bart behind the plate. This is a huge year for Joey Bart. We knew that coming into spring training. You know, the front office said that nothing is guaranteed for Joey this year. He's hitting really well right now. I think he's hitting like around 370. Um, He finally got his first extra base hit the other day. It was a double to the wall in Miami. And even more so, he's throwing guys out. He's got a he's got a very strong arm. We've seen that quick release, Uh, very quick release. He's getting it down to second base in uh, just around one point nine to two point you know zero four seconds. Is that good or bad? Well, I looked up Yadier Molina's uh, time to second base. That's basically the same spot that Molina spent his entire career in. uh, Was right in that window that Joey Bart has nestled himself into. So when you're throwing out runners, when you're when you're throwing down to second base at the same rate as a Hall of Fame catcher, I think you're on a on a on a good track there. Uh, Shasky, just start the season. Is is Joey Bart passing his test right now? I think it's too early to tell. Uh, you referenced he just got his first extra base hit. I'd like to see more power. I'd like to see more, you know, doubles. I'd like to see more hard hit balls. Uh, I do think slowly he's starting to not rework his swing, but fill some of the holes on the inside pitches. Cause that was a major problem. Uh, he's still going to have, you know, a high amount of strikeouts, but I want to see him do this over a two month period. If he can do this mm-hmm. for six to eight weeks. Now we're talking about something. Uh, I don't necessarily have a raw home run total that I'm looking for, but I would like to see doubles extra base hits start to increase, but I like what I've seen thus far. Yeah, and I've, I've always loved his swing. I've always loved the sound the ball makes off the bat when he hits it. It's just when you see it, it's like, come on, there has to be something there. Yes. We have to mine something out of that. It's just – but another another uh, way you're seeing Bart really kind of establish himself is defensively as a catcher. Now, mm-hmm. I know there's still some issues with some of the pass balls, but – and say what you will about pitch framing, he's gotten – he's – Better this year at framing pitches yeah. than he was last year. He is he is nibbling in some extra strikes, which is very key for this pitching staff. Um, if he can exist maybe as a defense first with a little bit of offense catcher, is that enough for him to maybe stick around? I would say yes, because I've seen guys like Austin Wins and Kirk Asali stick around for a long, long time. It may not be necessarily with the Giants, if yeah. we're being 100% honest, but yes. And also, you have to remember, Patrick Bailey is looking really good in double A. I've been yeah. looking at those numbers. Uh, five for five day the other day. Um, he may not be the long-term solution, Joey Bart, but at least let's see it. Like, yeah. give him the runway. There's no excuse. Yeah, I've heard with Bailey, it seems like it's, it's he's hitting well against righties, less so against lefties. Is that the uh, correct? Yeah, yeah. so I mean, you got to work on that. But then again, if he can't hit lefties, he'd be a perfect fit for the Giants because no one can hit lefties right now. Speaking of lefties, a uh, former Giants lefty was in the news today. Madison Bumgarner, DFA'd by the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Shasky, if that wasn't one of the most predictable results I've ever seen in baseball, I do not know what is. When you saw the news that uh, Bumgarner was released by the Diamondbacks, what kind of went through your mind? Just thinking it's unfortunate. Um, you know, the Giants are probably going to throw themselves a uh, party if you're in the Camp Farhan. You know, don't give anyone a contract. And I was wrong. I'll admit it. I wanted to see Bumgarner retire a giant. He's gotten out of shape. I mean, he just has. I mean, he's, he's let his body go. Um, and, yeah, most people were probably right. He probably wasn't going to be worth his squeeze. But at the end of the day, like, 
look at the Giants rotation. It's not much better. I mean, it no, really isn't. Not. I mean, let's let's uh, we can't be out here throwing stones at a glass house here, right? I mean, yeah. we live in a glass house, so. Uh, it's sad. It's really sad. I bet he reunites with Texas and goes to the Rangers. And yeah. I have a feeling this is not the last we've heard of Madison Bumgarner. It'll certainly, certainly be interesting. I mean, that was, I, I kind of knew that Bumgarner wasn't coming back after 2019, not so much because the Giants were going in a different direction, but because the performance really did not tell the performance, did not scream to me. Let's invest more time in this guy. Mm. Uh, ever since the bike injury back in 2017, he's not been the same pitcher. The home runs have gone up. The multi home run games have gone up. The fastball has slowed down. Shasky in 2016, his fastball averaged about 91 miles an hour. It's down below 90. Now it's right around mm. 89 at this point. Uh, he's getting hit harder. Oh. Uh, the you know he's getting hit more. The cutter, which was such a dominant pitch for him when he was with the Giants, you know he was holding guys you know to, to 270, 230 with the cutter. Guys are hitting over 300 off the cutter over the last couple of years. He has just been regressing in every single metric uh, that you can think of these last few years. And it's not one of those, oh, well, if you look under the hood and look at this, this, and this, there's you know some positive <laughs> progression expected. No, there you look at his baseball savant page, there is not a single number on there that no. suggests that better days could be ahead. A change of scenery, reuniting with Bruce Bochy, maybe that helps. Yeah. But in fact, it's it's it sucks. It sucks seeing what 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 he's going through. And you know, when he gave up the home run to whether it was a Wilson Contreras the other day yes. um, with the Cardinals, and he's barking at it. It wasn't the home run, he uh he was he was barking at him for pimping a walk, sorry. And the bump barter screaming at other guys, I don't miss having to defend that. Like, I always felt yeah. the need to defend him in those situations. I don't miss doing that. Um, There's lastly, no doubt about it. Lastly, it's just sad you, to see a legend go out like this. It is. It's not fun. I, but hopefully he can bounce back. Really quick, um, before we wrap things up here, I know this is a Giants podcast, but the A's did make some news in the, uh, the cover of Darkness last night. Announcing that they bought they they bought a 49 uh, acre plot of land in in Las Vegas. The move to Las Vegas is happening. The Bay Bridge series rivalry. Uh, the days are numbered there. Shasky, that's another one where just when you saw that news, uh, what went through your mind? Well, we can dive all day into what the ownership of the A's isn't and what they've done to that city and to that community and that fan base. Let's take a different angle here. How does this affect the Giants? You want to know what I'm really worried about? Not that the Giants are going to be the number one team in the market. That really now they're not really competing with anyone in the market to be competitive. What's pushing them to stay relevant? What is pushing them to be better? Right? Like there was mm-hmm. something nice and special about, hey, the A's do it with less money, but they do it better. And the Giants, oh, well, we, we spend a lot of money, but we win championships. Like there was a healthy competitive balance yeah. and rivalry there. And I just worry that if you are allowed as the Giants to rest on your laurels and you're not competing for market share, you're not competing for fan bases, you're not competing for the casual dollar, do they take their foot off the off the pressure, off the gas pedal? Like that, that does worry me. Like Sam, that yeah. worries me. And then simultaneously, the Giants wouldn't be here if they weren't granted San Jose territorial rights from the A's. So this is a very, very sad day. But from a Giants standpoint, I'm worried. I am not that the Giants are all of a sudden going to lose a bunch of money that they're going to take their foot off the pedal from an ownership management point of view and maybe think that they can cruise to still being a financially wealthy team. But that doesn't mean they need to be competitive and feel the team that we want as fans. Yeah, no, I think the Giants would be uh, once the A's do leave, they will have the largest market to be occupied by one team. So 
there's financial opportunities there. There's there's influential opportunities there. The Giants have to be willing to take advantage of that, though. Yeah. And again, the Giants, they could have seeded San Jose back to the A's to keep them here. The Giants did not do that, which means the Giants, in a sense, probably wanted this to happen. So the Giants will probably be getting their wish. They're going to get the Bay all to themselves. It's just a matter of uh, what they do with it. So Shasky uh, got the Mets sad for A's fans. I am sad for two of my best friends are A's fans, and they're uh, in, they're incredibly angry with with how this is all played out. So uh, Shasky, wrapping up things here, uh, they got the Mets in town. Kodai Senga on the mound against the, yeah. uh, the Giants tonight. Giants tried to go after him, and he of course said no. So I expect him to throw eight shutout innings against the Giants tonight because team guys who turn the Giants down just seems to always do well against the Giants. Giants will not see Max Scherzer though in this series. Uh, Thank God. He got ejected for sticky stuff on his glove yesterday. And no Justin Verlander either. Uh, I believe he's on the IL. So Giants take it on the Mets this weekend. Hopefully they can start to turn things around because the schedule is not getting easier. Uh, for Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky, this is the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. We will catch you on the next one.